Hello, this is your host Keith, and it's time once again for an installment of Lum and Abner, the 30-minute episodes. This time, we have, through special arrangement, Uncle Donnie Pitchford, the president of the National Lum and Abner Society. He will be reading articles from the Jot of Down journals. Here he comes now. Can you read to us from the Jot M. Down Journal of December, 1984? On page 4, the article is entitled, It's a Lum and Abner Christmas, written by Tim Hollis. When it came around to holidays, Lum and Abner largely chose to ignore them. Oh, there was usually some discussion about Lum's latest flame around Valentine's Day, and Thanksgiving was occasionally celebrated in Pine Ridge, but many holidays... Easter, for one, was never mentioned at all. The one major exception was Christmas. There was no way for Locke and Goff to ignore this, the biggest holiday of the year, and they took the opportunity to make their series part of a new Christmas tradition, their annual Christmas program, which became known by the title as Lum and Abner's Christmas Story. This program was first heard December 25, 1933, what they did on Christmas Day in 1931 and 32 must forever remain a mystery. According to Locke in his later years, the show was heard every Christmas after that except, presumably, Christmas of 1940 while Lum and Abner was off the air. A note years later, of course, we've since discovered recordings that disprove some of what you've just heard. So please remember that I am reading material that was written years before we had access to transcription discs, and various other elements of research. Now resuming the text, whether they did the show during the half-hour days or during the 1950s is open for discussion. Again, a comment in more recent years we know now the truth about that. Back to the text. But out of the 14 known times they did this show, only one recording is usually heard. That is probably the 1946 broadcast, judging from the format of Gene Baker's opening. One of the National Lum and Abner Society's goals is to locate a recording of the Christmas show that still has the original opening with commercials. A modern-day comment. As you can see, we obviously met that goal. Resuming the text. At any rate, what follows is a summary of that particular broadcast for those of you who may have missed or forgotten it. The illustrations on this page are once again Bob Lyon's drawing of Lum and Abner, Yes, that's a repeated drawing, but you have to remember we were still at an early stage in locating actual images of Lum and Abner. Looks like Tim Hollis has done a little illustration here with some Christmas candles and holly and other decorations surrounding the entire page. The illustration on the next page, Tim has put together a composite of a Chet Lock drawing of Grandpap with, once again, Bob Lyon's drawing of Lum and Abner. With that, he has drawn in a star in the sky shining on a tiny very minimalist structure which we assume is a barn. Resuming the text, As the program opens, we find Lum, Abner, and Grandpappy Spears trudging through the snow on Christmas night, carrying a lantern, groceries, blankets, and an oil heater. Through their conversation, we learn that they are on their way to help a poor couple who are spending the night in an old abandoned barn. And to top it all, the woman is expecting a baby that very night. Grandpap is the one who found out about the couple. Doc Miller was at his house when the call came. Grandpap says the people had been into Mina to pay their taxes. 
and since there wasn't any room at the hotel, they came on out toward Pine Ridge to spend the night. Seeing the old barn wasn't being used, they decided to put up there. Lum deduces that the couple must be at the old Gaddis place, since it meets the description the man gave. The Gaddis place is due east of Pine Ridge, so to get there, Lum decides they should follow the East Star. Surely enough, that gets them to the old barn where Doc Miller has already arrived. Doc is delighted about the gifts the three old fellows have brought and says the poor couple is sure needing them. After some discussion about the man, Joe somebody or other, Grandpap reports, being a carpenter by trade, Lum, Abner, and Grandpap have a serious conversation about what Christmas means and how appropriate it is for the three of them to be doing something for someone else instead of thinking about themselves. The story ends on a quiet note when Doc Miller comes to the barn door and announces, Well, men, it's a fine baby boy. A choral rendition of Silent Night takes us to the end of the program, or at least what is left of the original ending in the syndicated version. Before continuing further, yes, the parallels to the Bible were done deliberately, but strangely it seems that even though this was Lum and Abner's traditional Christmas program, it went through several different changes between the time it started and the time this version was broadcast. Our information on the show's development is rather sketchy and comes from several different sources. Before we continue with the original text, please be reminded that research and the discovery of several recordings by the National Lum and Abner Society may prove some of this information to be incorrect. Resuming the text. First of all, only two Lum and Abner episodes from 1933 are known to exist on tape, and of course, neither of them is a Christmas show. However, in one of them, Lum happens to mention the local physician, Doc Cook. So the assumption is that when the show was first heard, Doc Cook was there instead of Doc Miller. Our next fragment of information comes from a 1936 Radio Guide article, which is printed on the previous page. This article gives a summary of the 1935 broadcast, which it says is the same one they've been doing for the past three years. There are some glaring differences here. The poor couple is not from out of town, but local people, the Garretts. Lum, Abner, and Grandpap are lost on their way to find them, but then Abner remembers that it was the Garretts' house which burned recently, and that's why the family is having to stay in the barn. The name of the attending doctor is not given in the article. In the Jotem Down Store catalog, calendar, and party book, Offered as a postum premium in 1938-39, there are several references to Doc Barker. Pine Ridge seems to have an amazing turnover in the medical field. But by 1940, Doc Miller is enthroned and apparently does not leave for the rest of the series. Lum and Abner's Christmas Story was not the only Christmas episodes the old fellows did. Existing on tape are a 1938 special show, Pushing Christmas Seals, and a 1950s offering in which Lum, Abner, Grandpap, Squire, and Cedric turn decorating a Christmas tree into a chore. The show ends with Abner falling out of the tree while trying to put the star on top. But to nearly everyone, their traditional story will always be the genuine article, perfectly embodying what this holiday is really about. Continuing down this page, and we have skipped pages because at this time we were employing more of a newspaper or magazine style of arranging the issue with jumps where an article would end at one page and be continued elsewhere, which is very confusing to your reader here. 
<laughs> we have advertisement. Visit the Lemon Abner Museum and Jotham Down Store. Open March through November, 9 a.m. through 5 p.m. Tuesday through Sunday, 11 a.m. through 5 p.m. Sunday, and by appointment. Located on Lemon Abner Highway 88, Pine Ridge, Arkansas, 71966. Phone 501-326-4442. Tour buses welcome. Y'all drive careful. And at the left is an image from a more recent postcard where we see the Lemon Abner Jotham Down store, formerly the Dick Huddleston store, and the Lemon Abner Museum. The next ad, about a quarter page, NLAS membership cards available now. Send a self-addressed stamped envelope to Tim Hollis, Route 3, Box 110, Dora, Alabama, 35062. And let me remind you today that these are not available. Your card will be personalized with your name. The cards are printed in raised brown ink on cream linen stock. Purdy earn a speckled pup. Cedric's the first kid in Pine Ridge to get his, and be sure to get yours too. At the right, we do have the membership card, a reproduction of it rather, and this is probably the debut of Bob Lyons logo. This certifies Cedric Wolfgang Weehunt is a member of the National Lum and Abner Society. The logo has images of Lum and Abner on the left side. The National is in smaller type, Lum and Abner in very large type, and then Society below that in smaller type. At the very bottom of the page, this issue printed by Duplicating Services Company, Complete Printing and Lithography Service, 501 East Marshall Avenue, Post Office Box 501, 753-1051, Area Code 214, Longview, Texas, 75601. I invite you all to visit that address. You'll now see the corner of the parking lot of a very large CVS drugstore. The building no longer exists. Thanks, Uncle Donnie. Come back again sometime. Thank you, Uncle Donnie. I appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners do, too. You can find out more about the National Lemon Abner Society at lemonabner.org. You'll find more by visiting the Lemon Abner Radio Fan Club on Facebook. There's a community of Lemon Abner fans who would love to hear from you and your ideas about Lemon Abner and answer any questions that you may have. And with all that said, it is time to get on with the show. Trip to the Hospital, December 5th, 1948. For Frigidaire refrigerators are made only by General Motors. And this association of experience with experience, of skill with skill, is your guarantee of lasting satisfaction. So when it comes to a new refrigerator for your home, remember this. The first name you think of is the right one to buy. Frigidaire, America's number one refrigerator. Thank <laughs> you. 
As we look on the little community of Pine Ridge today, we find rum in the Jotham Down store. Abner is just entering with the big news of the day. Listen. Hey, Long! Hey, Long! Long! Uh, Charlie Redfield's in the hospital, and we ought to go into the county seat and visit him. Charlie Redfield? What in the world's wrong with him? Nearsightedness. Grandpa, I don't put a feller in the hospital. Well, it does when you're so nearsighted that you slip up to your wife at a dance, squeeze her hand, and say, Hello, cutie. Let's mean you sneak out for a ride while my old lady ain't looking. <laughs> my goodness, did Charlie do that? Yeah. Last night, they say he's still subconscious. You mean unconscious. Subconscious is your other mind. Yeah, well, they say Char... Huh? Huh? Yeah, huh? What did you say about my other mind? Well, your subconscious is what makes you dream at night. Oh. See, while you're sleeping, it sets up there wide awake. Sets up where? Up in your brain. Sets up all night, huh? Yeah. Must get awful tar. No, it sort of stands guard. For instance, it might hear a strange noise, and it'll say... Reckon what this is. Maybe I better wake old Abner up. Might be a robber. Well, <laughs> he's pretty smart, ain't he? Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. We ought to go and see Charlie. Maybe we could get Ben Withers to drive us in. <laughs> imagine me with two mine. <laughs> yeah, it's hard enough to imagine you with one. Uh, what did you say his name was? Subconscious? Yeah. I believe I'll just phone Ben right now. Wish he had a better name than subconscious. Harvey, Otis, Chester. Hey, how's that, Chester? Oh, call him anything you like. Yeah, Chester. Yeah. Hello, Ben, this is Lum Eddard. Chester, you ought to get more rest. Oh, totally. Say, Ben, how's chances for you taking me and Abner into the county seat today? You've been staying up at night too much. Well, we want to visit Charlie Redfield at the hospital. Don't worry about me, Abner. I'll get plenty of sleep. No, you don't, Chester. Yes, I do. I'm all right. Uh, Abner. <laughs> Will you haste that up? I can't hear a word Ben's saying. Now, what was that again, Ben? Now, you listen to me, Chester. I'm running us. No, you ain't neither. Yes, I am, too. Ben, you oh, shut up. Talk now, loud, Chester, you I want to talk to me? I'll pop you on. Go now, ahead, try to drink it. Can I? Don't get out what are you hitting yourself on the back of the head for? I'm fighting that smart Alec Chester. <laughs> Cut it out. Now, which one of you started this, Rufus? I was minding my own oh, Wait a minute. What's the matter with me asking such a question? Go ahead, Ben. Well, wait. Let me tell you how it started. Chester was sitting up there on his little chair. And, well, I guess he's sitting on a chair any long. Well, it's your brain. Furnish it any way you want to. <laughs> Now, what'd you say, Ben? Chester, I'm going to the county seat and you can't go. Well, fine, Ben. How soon? If you go, Abner, I'm going to. No, you ain't, you little varmint. Don't you call me a little varmint now. I'll call you anything I, I want. See you I'm later, Ben. You ain't no such a thing. I am, too. I'm the boss. Dad, blame you, Chester. Now you give me the hiccup. Well, no wonder the way you've been carrying on. Ben's going to be here in a few minutes to take us to the county seat. Try to pull yourself together. Oh, my goose, you hear that, Lum? Huh? Now Chester's got him, too. Hi, Granny's Ben. Can't you think of some other way to get shut of Abner's hiccups? 
were my night at the county seat, and I hate to take him into the hospital sounding that away. Well, there's one thing we haven't tried. It's a little drastic, so I hesitate to suggest it. Stop the car, Ben. I'm willing to try anything. Well, I don't, as maybe I ain't. Now, what's your plan, Ben? Now, wait a minute. <laughs> this method was tried on Emory Zinkafus of Mount Ida in November. In November of 38. On who? Yes. No, must have been in October. His funeral was in November. Ah. <laughs> uh. Why? <laughs> the basis of this theory is physical exertion. What we did with Emery was tie him to the back of the Zikafu sedan and drive slowly down the road. Well, we've tried everything else. Come on, Abner. Get out of the car. I believe I'll set this one out. <laughs> Hurry up, Abner. Here's an old tow rope we can use, Lum. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Here, Abner, let me tie this rope around your neck, and Ben, you tie the other end on the back bunk. Lum, I think I'll just wait here. You fellas go on ahead to the hospital. Oh, now we're all set now. Come on, Ben, back in the car. Yes, let's go. I hope this works. Wait a minute. Hey, my hiccups are stopped. What'd you say, Abner? My hiccups are stopped. Yes, we will. <laughs> you know, this old car of yours runs pretty good, Ben. What kind is it? It's a uh, hot rod. <laughs> uh-huh. It was made for me by a friend of mine in Mount Ida. Used to sprinkle it. Has quite a mechanical mind. You must have. At seven years of age, Eustace took his mother's washing machine apart in nine minutes and 27 seconds flat. Granny, that's fast. Yes, sir. And it took his mother over three months to put it back together again. <laughs> well, I do know. That's interesting. Now, notice the pickup old Betsy's got. Hey, Granny, she sure does go. Better take a look back there and see how Abner's coming. Oh, yeah, I forgot about him. Well, for goodness sakes, I never know Abner could jump like that. Why, he's bounding a good ten foot in the air. Maybe we better stop and check his hiccups. Well, if he's as frisky as that, they can't be bothering him very much. For goodness sakes, Abner, watch where you're going. You run right into the back end of the car. How are the old hiccups, Abner? Abner, Ben, ask you a question. Don't just lay there answering. Oh, well, what'd you go so dead blame fast for? Hey, Ben, it worked. He ain't got the hiccups no more. Well, I got shut of them for him. He started dragging me down the road. I tried to stop you, hollered at you. Well, it don't matter now. You're cured. Come on, get in the car. We got to get to the hospital. And get that rope off your neck. Oh. That's a nice cure, isn't it, Abner? <laughs> oh, it's dandy. <laughs> Take teeth, got him again. Well, drive on, Ben. There ain't nothing more we can do for him. Stop killing him.
Mom, I think I think maybe I can scare the hiccups out of him. You see that telephone pole? I'll make believe I'm going to hit it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> hey, Ben, watch where you're driving. <laughs> Mom. Mom, you all right? Yeah, I guess so. Granny, I thought you were just going to make believe you was going to hit that pole. Fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Look at the car. It's a mess. Well, at least it cured Abner's hiccups. Yeah. Or wait, where is Abner? <laughs> Must be around here someplace. There he is. Hey, Abner. Abner, are you alive? <laughs> Well, here's the hospital. Ben, you get the car fixed and meet us back here. A highly good plan. Well, see you later. Yeah, come on, Abner. We'll go in and see old Charlie. Recollect now, hospitals has got a lot of rules, so just do what they tell you. Don't act country. I'll try not to. And cut that out. Can't you see that fine, quiet zone? I'm sorrowful. Be quiet. Yes, could I help you? Uh, yes, Mom. We come here to... Excuse me. County Hospital, Miss Cooper. This is Dr. McNaughton. I want you to be on the lookout for a patient. Another doctor has referred to me. I can't tell you what he looks like because I haven't seen him myself. But he has a rare form of hiccups. <laughs> rare form of what? Hiccups. Spasmoneuropathistomy. Looks like I'll have to operate. Well, he's already here, Doctor. Oh, good. Get him ready for surgery right away. Right away, Doctor. Oh, nurse, Miss Collins. Miss Collins. Uh, what I started to say, ma'am. Yes, I... I know all about it. We're expecting you. Well. Here, you fill out this card, please. Who, me? <laughs> yes, name, address, bank balance, age, bank balance, next of kin. Ah. Don't forget the bank balance. <laughs> Go ahead, Abner, fill it out. I, I told you about them rules. All right. Nurse, as soon as he's through, take him up to room 321. Prepare him for a, uh, for a possible glottis tracheotomy. Oh, my. Yeah, how's old Charlie getting along, ma'am? I beg your pardon? Charlie Redfield, the patient that we... Oh, yes, Mr. Redfield. He's out of danger now. Uh, here's a card. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Peabody. You and your friend follow this nurse. I'd love to. <laughs> and Mr. Peabody, good luck. <laughs> Nothing, please. Oh, good afternoon, ma'am. Well, what seems to be the trouble? Door locked? <laughs> well, just on this side, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, isn't that a note pinned to the door there? Oh, 
yes, so it is. Let me see now. It says, um, closed for repairs. Signed, Lum and Abner. What do they mean, closed for repairs? If anything around here needs repairs, they do. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a uh, postscript below, I believe. Let's oh. see. It says, uh, repairs on a friend of ours, that is. We're a-setting with him at the hospital. Oh, sure. And I did want to see Mr. Edwards. I just can't wait. Well, uh, could I help you? I'm a friend of his. I'm <laughs> Wendell Niles with Frigidaire. Ah, Pistol, I'm sure, Mr. Niles. My name's Mrs. Sam Bumper. I wanted to look behind that Frigidaire refrigerator inside the store there. Well, mighty fine construction back there, all right, but take a look at the front. Uh, see that chest across the top of the food compartment? That's the super freezer chest. Holds up to 50 pounds of frozen foods and keeps them safe for weeks. <laughs> that sounds right handy, but I And inside are Frigidaire quick cube trays. Just lift up a lever and out come your ice cubes without tugging, jerking, or splashing. <laughs> sounds right interesting, but I want to look behind. Well, that... I can understand that. Want to see everything, huh? But take a look at all the room there is in that big food compartment. And the hydrator below keeps fruits and vegetables fresh as can be. Mister, it sounds fine. And the mechanism that makes the cold in all Frigidaire refrigerators, Mrs. Bopper, it's the famous metermizer, the simplest cold-making mechanism ever built. Uses only a trickle of current, yet keeps the biggest Frigidaire refrigerators filled with cold. And remember, only Frigidaire has the metermizer. Now, uh, uh, tell me, Mrs. Bopper, why are you so interested in seeing the back of the Frigidaire? Well, Sam, that's my husband, came in here with me this morning. I had to do some shopping, so he said he'd wait in the jot down store for me. Yes, well? Well, I'll just bet Sam's sound asleep behind that Frigidaire. <laughs> Twenty-one. Reckon how long Charlie's going to have to be in the hospital, Miss Nurse? I've no idea. Uh, Mr. Edwards, you'd better wait out here in the hall for a few minutes. Oh, just one can go in at a time, huh? Uh, yes. Come along, Mr. Peabody. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, howdy, Charlie, old boy. Uh, wait a minute. The bed's empty. Where's Charlie Redfield? Well, I think Mr. Redfield is down on the next floor. Well, I'd better get down there then. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. You stay right here. But now, now then, please take your clothes off. Ah. <laughs> uh. Come on now, hurry up. I know this, man. I believe you scared the hiccup right out of me. <laughs> well, that's fine. But hurry up and undress and put on this gown. That little sawed-off nightshirt? <laughs> yes. My doggies, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> come now, Mr. Peabody, don't be difficult. When you come to a hospital, you've got to follow the rules. Oh, them things. Lom told me about them, but I never had no ideas there's anything like this. <laughs> now, please hurry and put on the gown. Well, I ain't going to do it with you standing there. Of course, now I'll step out and get the cart. The cart? <laughs> well, certainly, we have to wheel you into the... Well, into a different room. Oh, well, that's awful thoughty of you, but no, me, I can walk. I'm sorry, but it's the rules. <laughs> no, these are silly rules. <laughs> Them things are going to kill me yet. <laughs> oh, uh, can I go in now, nurse? Uh, not yet. Pardon me, I want to get that cart there. Oh, excuse me. Can I help you with it? No, thank you. I'll manage. Uh, tell Abner not to stay in there too long. Don't worry, he won't. All right, Mr. Peabody. Mr. Peabody, where are you? 
<laughs> oh, for goodness sake, come out from under that bed. <laughs> All right, but you, you close your eyes now. I, I feel silly, Miss Gino. <laughs> come on now, get up on the cart. Have you got your eyes closed? Yes, they're closed. Don't you pee. I won't. Cross your heart. Oh, good grief. Yes. All right, here I come, ready or not. <laughs> Dad, blame it, I overshot. <laughs> Here, I'll pick you up and put you back on the car. Well, now, wait. There you are. Now, let's go. Oh, nurse, can I go in? Abner. <laughs> what in the name of thunder are you doing? Howdy, <laughs> Mom. And you wait here. I'm going to ring for the elevator. And, Mr. Edwards, if you have anything to say to Mr. Peabody, you'd better say it now. Abner, for pity's sake, get off of that wagon and get your clothes on. Mom, this is all part of them rules you was telling me about. Rules? You must have made a mistake of some kind. No, I never. And if you want to see Charlie, you'd better get in there and get a nightshirt on, too. <laughs> uh, maybe you can catch the next wagon down to Charlie's room. <laughs> Yeah. I'll be dead blamed. Hey, Aunt Mom, you better watch that nurse. She's kind of fresh. Oh? And strong, too. Hmm. Uh, don't you ever tell Elizabeth none of this. <laughs> I won't. I, I just go in this room, huh? Yeah, them's the rules. I don't see no nightshirt in here. Well, call downstairs and have them stand one up. They got good room service here. All right. Oh, say, ma'am, I wonder if you could rustle me up a nightshirt. I want to see Charlie. What did you say? Well, Mr. Peabody has got his on, and he's on his on the cart on his way to Charlie's room. Oh, and you're so mistaken I... about that. Mr. Peabody is on his way to the operating room. Operating room? But, he... but it... oh, my goodness. Abner, Abner, they're going to up. Hey, Abner. Oh, my goodness, he's gone. <laughs> Now, now, calm down, Miss Edwards. But, Miss Cooper, you can't let them do this to Abner. This whole thing's a mistake. Dr. McNaughton never makes mistakes. But Dr. McNaughton ain't his doctor. I know that. His own doctor called McNaughton in on the case because he's a specialist. All you can do now is get in touch with Mr. Peabody's own physician, whoever he is. Yeah, but for the time I did that... Oh, Ben. Well, I finally got old Betsy patched up. Well, well, well. I sure am glad to see you, Dr. Withers. Yeah. How's that? Ain't this, ain't this a coincidence, Miss Cooper? <laughs> Here's Abner's own doctor. <laughs> well. Now can we go up and get Abner? Not so fast. I'm not convinced this man is a doctor. Well, you heard him say he just got done patching up Betsy. And she was in awful shape, wasn't she, Ben? Oh, my, yes. She had a terribly wrinkled turtle back. <laughs> Was it a difficult operation? There was one of the worst tricks I've ever seen. I thought I'd never get her chassis back in shape. <laughs> Finally had to take a sledgehammer to her. You did what, Doctor? All she needs now is a little paint and some new seat covers and she can run. <laughs> 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 
where did you go to school, Doctor? She means you, Ben. Oh. Oh, my lady consolidated grammar school. <laughs> Our colors were orange and off purple. <laughs> I mean, what medical school? Oh, he, he's been to all of them. Jim's Hopkins, John's Manville. Uh, I suppose he's associated with the male brothers, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Manny, Moe, and Jack. <laughs> Now, can we go up and get Abner? You most certainly cannot, and what's more, excuse me. County Hospital, Miss Cooper. Come on, Ben, now's our chance. Wait a minute, Edward, you come back here. Come back here, I say. All right. That's all the x-rays we need to take. Hurry the pictures, nurse. Yes, doctor. And uh, you can relax now, Mr. Peabody. Yeah, say, Doc, if these pictures come out good, can I get a dozen of them to give for Christmas presents? (laughs) Well, they certainly make novel gifts. You know, Doc, I don't want you to think I don't appreciate all this service I've been getting, wheeling me around and taking my picture and all, but just tell me one thing, Doc. Yes? When do I get to see Charlie? Here are the pictures, Doctor. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me see. Oh, my goodness, is that me? I know, because I've lost weight since I've been... Well, I ain't nothing but skin and bone. And dazzling little skin. Well, I can't understand why Dr. Carter ever thought you had spasmoneuroglottistomy. You haven't got a single symptom. Hey, uh, Doc, could you have these pictures retouched a little? Now, Mr. Peabody, I want to go call Dr. Carter and report my findings to him. Oh, uh, there's a cot over there behind the screen. You lie down on that until I get back. Yeah, all right, but hurry now. Charlie be out of here forever. I'll get to see you. Well, there's a sheet there. You can throw that over you. Come along, nurse. Yes, doctor. I can't understand Carter sending this man to me. Outside of a peculiar-shaped head <laughs> and a Charlie fixation, there's nothing wrong with him. Hey, hey, there's that nurse. Hey, nurse, nurse. Oh, hello, Mr. Edwards. I suppose you want to see Mr. Peabody. Yeah, yeah, could we? Well, will it be all right, Doctor? They're close friends. Yes, it's all right. You'll find him in that room right there. Uh, thank you, ma'am. There's a sheet over him. Yeah, all right. <laughs> huh? Sheet over him? Ben, Ben, did you hear that? He was a good man. <laughs> ben, I'll never forgive myself for this. Well, you tried. You did your best. I never ought to let him take him away in that cart. Don't you mean chariot? Okay. Come on, I'd like to go in and take one last look. Poor little varmint. <laughs> I wonder if he ever got to see Charlie. <laughs> I, I don't dare to look, Ben. Can can you see him? No, oh, I, I think they placed him behind that screen. I just can't believe he's gone. Seems I, like I might not hear his voice yet. Bob? <laughs> My grannies, I can hear it, Ben. I can hear it. I heard it, too. Have you fellas saw Charlie? <laughs> No, we ain't, Abner, old pal. 
Did you get the theme first? No, but they told me I soon will. <laughs> Charlie was a good man, too. Great, Mom, I wish you'd find my clothes and take care of them for me. Don't worry, Abner, old friend. I'll take care of everything. I'll give them to Elizabeth. What fur? They won't fit her. <laughs> Mom, ask him if he's run across Emery's Linkafoos. <laughs> Abner, are you still there? Why, sure. Well, listen, old boy, I just want you to know that if I had it all to do over again, I'd treat you a whole lot different. I'd never make you do all the sweeping and all the delivering and all the dirty work. I'd do a little of it myself. You would? Yeah, I'd do most of it even if I could just have you back at the store again. Well, oh, me, Lum, I'm coming back. Huh? Just as soon as I see Charlie. Why, Abner, you're walking around. I thought you... Why, you little varmint. Huh? Deliberately there and let me think you was the hour to whop you right I'm on... Not, I love you. Get all upset. Well, Mr. Peabody, I found out you're the wrong patient. But no one seems to know where the right one is. Well, he ain't in here. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do that again. Do what again? I thought that's it. Spasmone neuro, not this to me. Nurse, get this fellow to surgery right away. At last, we've got the right man. <laughs> Mom and Abner will be back in just a moment, but first, here's an important question. Wouldn't you like to own an automatic washer with a washing action so thorough that even the dirtiest work clothes come out clean and sparkling, yet so gentle that even your lingerie is safe? Then see the Frigidaire automatic washer with its astonishing live water action. Gently surging currents of water do all the washing and rinsing. There's no conventional agitator to tug and twist at things. And Frigidaire's rapid-dry spin leaves clothes really damp-dry, so they're light and easy to handle. Granny sure lucky my hiccups stopped when they did. Don't tell me what that doctor would have did to me. Yeah, them are awful things to have. You don't know how lucky you are, Ben. Why? <laughs> Thank you.